Well, earlier on, I came across this article, and I thought I would return, Lord willing, and do a very quick and important video highlighting the deficiency of Islam. Iran, just for the record, is a police state, has been at war with Israel since 1948, has sponsored a lot of terrorism around the world, along with Syria and also Saudi Arabia. But anyway, overnight somebody has posted a video of a man in Iran licking a shrine. And if this hadn't been recorded and posted, people wouldn't have believed what they are about to see. And you may ask yourself, why is somebody doing such a thing in public? Well, the Pharisees were very religious. Did all their deeds and beads in public, wanted to be seen to be religious, were very proud of their religion. But for Muslims, they have no saviour. They have no risen saviour who intercedes for them. For them, all they have would be their good works, the five pillars of Islam, and if they are really dedicated to die while performing their jihad. This is very sad to see, but it's not unusual. For the Muslim to go to heaven, they have to be seen to be religious. They have to do lots of good works, an awful lot of good works. And like I say, if they die in a jihad or doing the jihad, they will go to paradise. But most won't do their jihad. Most will not do any kind of jihad. So they have to do lots of good works, lick shrines, show how much they love Muhammad and Allah in public. And if it wasn't for the coronavirus, people probably wouldn't be overly interested in such superstitious and backward worship. Their deputy health minister has also contracted the coronavirus, as has perhaps the Pope, we don't know. He made a very brief appearance in Rome, Vatican Square, St. Peter's Square, yesterday at the Vatican, was coughing and sneezing, but the gentleman to the left of the screen has contracted the coronavirus. And time will tell whether or not he makes a fall or recovery. So you may say, well, okay, fair enough, Muslims are known to worship uh, shrines, visit the uh, Kaaba, pray, fast, do what they do, we understand that. But you may say, but only Muslims do that. And you may say Muslims do that because they have no assurance of heaven. They have to be seen in public to be remorseful, penitent. And therefore, although this video is uncomfortable to see and also embarrassing for perhaps more uh, civilised and Western Muslims, why are we even interested, you may say? You may say just because Muslims do this, and are being commended all, all over the world. Why are we interested in this? Well, a few years ago, we covered an event in Manchester. Catholics queuing up to visit the bones of a dead woman, a former nun who, upon death, had her body cut up into pieces. Nobody asked her, of course, before she died, if she was happy to be carved up and shipped all over the world. And it's very reminiscent of that incident in the Book of Judges when 
an apostate Jew, cut up his concubine and sent her all over Israel. During our outreach at this event, most didn't take any tracks, but some did, and praise the Lord for that. Catholics have this self-righteous uh, belief that they are good to go, are very good at good works, like the Islamic gentleman we just saw. But they do leave the Church of Rome. Patrick left after being 50 years in the Church of Rome, and I came out of it 18 years ago. So people do leave, but your average Christian isn't aware that the Church of Rome also encourage this type of superstition. It's not just Muslims, it's Catholics as well. And here, I think for memory, around a thousand, yeah, around a thousand uh, parishioners, members of the laity, lined up, queued up to see the bones of Teresa. And as we were filming, we came across some priests, and we couldn't help but stop and ask some questions. Gentlemen, said, uh, somebody tell me what you're all doing here today. It's a fair enough question. If he'd been uh, from the BBC or Sky News or ITN, this would be the opportunity that the priests would love to take to promote their religion. But they're slightly on the back foot, not overly sure what to say or how to respond to such a question, not uh, overly offensive, an honest question. And let's play a bit more of this video from 2010. We're doing a little documentary for YouTube. You've heard of YouTube? I uh have. -huh. Not 1910, 2010, 21st century, educated Catholics, right, in a wealthy part of the UK, not in the middle of Iran, but in Britain. Yes, oh, that's good, right, good. yes. Well, we'll come along see what this is all about. I know Tain Teresa Lizzie, I used to be a Catholic myself, but what is the importance of this gentleman? A gentleman? I thought you'd know she was a girl if you... No, I'm talking to you. Sarcasm is the... Uh, Poor man's way of dealing with a difficult and embarrassing and somewhat somewhat awkward question. These two priests weren't expecting to be questioned in such a way. Were queuing up patiently with their laity. And it's an honest question. And it gets even better. To you two gentlemen, what's oh, the right. importance of this? Uh, the importance is to honour St. Therese and ask for her intercession with God. Very much like the Islamic gentleman. Intercession with Allah, visiting shrines, licking shrines, bowing down to objects in Saudi Arabia, Catholics lining up in Manchester to see the remains of a dead woman and hoping this dead woman can intercede on behalf of them. Have these men lost their minds? Why can you not go through Jesus Christ to do that? Because oh, he is the Lord and Savior. Why do you need any intermediary? Right, and do you think she can hear you? And where? So she's part... Well, good question. Can she hear them? Well, of course not. Mary cannot hear them, and the priest to the left looks a bit uncomfortable with the questioning. Once Patrick said he was a former Catholic, that means he knows what he's talking about. He's not just making this up. He's got some first-hand experience. But, of course, this is where we get into double talk. Tradesman's terminology. Part of the communion of saints, isn't it? We say as Christians we believe every Sunday in the communion of saints, don't we? No, we don't. We don't pray to dead people to pray on our behalf. And here, this Catholic priest is using Catholic theology to pretty much avoid an awkward question, which he probably hasn't been asked before. Do you not say that? 
I'm not a Catholic anymore. No, you're, you're a Christian, Catholic. aren't you? I'm a born-again Christian. We just wanted to come along. This is a one-off, isn't it? No, it happened 40 years ago, so... Oh, it's sad. Now you're... You see, a lot of sarcasm here. They don't like to be asked these questions. Going back to the gentleman in Iran, if you were to go up to this gentleman and say, why are you doing this, my friend? He wouldn't want to hear you. Iran have been criticised for not clamping down on such gatherings, but think about India, think about the River Ganges. Could you imagine going to India and saying to the Indian government, close the Ganges, clear the Ganges, get your people out of that filthy river? They wouldn't dare. There'd be riots all over India. And if the Iranian government were to shut down this shrine, there'd be riots all over Iran. And yet, if you were to stand in Tehran and preach the gospel, they wouldn't give you five minutes. They'd be all over you like a rash, clamping down and pretty much uh, causing you to fear for your life. Well, the priest... Playing words with me. What I'm saying, it's a one-off that you're visiting the bursary. Smoking. And the priest doesn't like to be questioned, puffing away in public. And yet the word of God says how our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. But I wanted to show these two clips because they're very similar. There's a level of arrogance, there's a level of indifference also to any kind of criticism. Like, well, I've been to seminary, I did seven years. Who do you think you are questioning me? A priest? Surely not. What would uh, Pope Benedict uh, say? Well, he smokes marvellous, does he? <laughs> does he? Right, that's from the horse's mouth, is it? You see, it's all a joke, isn't it? The Pope smokes, so I can smoke. And how dare you question me? But go back to the communion of the saints. Yes, people on the earth can pray for people on the earth. Absolutely, we pray for saved and unsaved people. But you won't find anywhere in the scripture where the apostles or the Lord Jesus Christ ever encouraged the prayers uh, to those that have passed away. Who would like a Bible tract? Anybody like a Bible tract? We call that gentleman Father Nicotine, incidentally. Typical of many priests that we've known over the years. The moment you question them, they don't care for it. They don't appreciate what you have to say. But we began this video in Iran, and here we are in Salford, in Manchester. We'll come back to that in a minute. Let's go to the Philippines. Let's kill the audio. And here, Catholics are flogging themselves in public. This goes on every Easter, all over South America, Central America, in the 21st century, and nobody says to stop it. Non-Catholics are aghast at what they are seeing. This brings such dishonour on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is absolutely shameful. His blood was more than enough to cover for our sins. If you are saved, you know all of your past, present and future sins have been atoned for. But these Catholics, like our friend in Iran, are wanting to uh, make it to heaven are hoping their faithfulness will please the God of Catholicism, and yet only Satan is happy to see such behaviour. The Church of Rome isn't a Christian organisation. It's steeped in superstition, ignorance of Scripture, ignorance of Christ, and these poor people think they are doing something special, and are going to be rewarded by the Lord, and yet they are just as lost, just as deluded as this gentleman in Iran, who refused to stop licking the shrine, doesn't care about the coronavirus spreading. For him, it's part of his good works, and he hopes he will make it to paradise upon death. Well, like I say, some good conversations were had 
during our trip to uh, this particular event in Salford. Not all Catholics were hostile, some were a bit bemused, I suppose, to see us standing, uh, giving out tracts. Nobody else was there, incidentally, which is always concerning, because people say, well, we care for the lost, and yet where are you? Why don't we see you? Why aren't you out and about trying to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ? One of our friends actually went inside this event. We gave him one of our cameras. We had no interest in going inside. And here there were hundreds of Catholics all over the northwest, inside their cathedral. Statues everywhere, idols everywhere. Can I just say one thing, that from Moses to Matthew, from Joshua to James, one thing all those men had in common were first and foremost how they were Jews, obviously, saved Jews, but the one thing they, that they all had in common was the hatred for statues, idols. This type of behaviour is a disgrace, it's an abomination, brings a lot of dishonour to Almighty God. And idolatry was the main sin that crippled Israel, would put her into captivity, would cause her to lose a good deal of her land. And for now, Israel is out of fellowship with the Lord, the church, the true church, represents Jehovah. And how many of you Catholics stand against this? Do you even know what goes on? Do you even understand your church? I'll give you one quote to affirm how the Catholic Church believe how the plan of salvation also includes those who acknowledge the Creator in the first place amongst whom are the Muslims. These profess to hold the faith of Abraham and together with us they adore the one merciful God, mankind's judge on the last day. Well, of course, if you know history, you should know that Islam reject Jesus Christ as God's only begotten Son and God's only atonement is through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Church of Rome don't believe you are saved solely by your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's say for argument's sake that this statement is correct. How Islam and Catholicism acknowledge the one true God or have faith in the one true God, so too does Satan. He has faith in the one true God. He believes in the Trinity as well. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be saved. And just because you believe in one true eternal God, it doesn't mean that you will be saved either. So it's important for people to do their own research, not to be beguiled as Eve was back in the garden, to check everything in light of scripture. And I wanted to show these clips just to show you that we don't make stuff up. In fact, during our trip in Silver, there was a Masonic building just a few yards away, uh, interestingly. But at the end of the day, the Church of Rome is no different really to Islam, hoping to make it to heaven. No living, interceding saviour per se, just works, lots of works, hoping to make it to glory. Not guaranteed glory, so what do they do? What do they have to do? Stuff such as whipping in public, humiliating, hoping they will make it to glory. Look at their faces. Non-Catholics, bemused, what's going on? Is this the God of Catholicism? Doesn't he love us? Hasn't he sent his son to die for us? Well, no, it would appear not. 
it would appear these people have to scourge themselves, suffer themselves with the hope that perhaps their blood is good enough to make it to glory, when in reality it's no different to this gentleman making a fool of himself, trying to appease his God through a public display of idolatry. We'll go back to our friends in Salford, queuing up to get a glimpse of a dead woman. And what can you do when the priests are encouraging it? Are queuing up with ignorant people. In fact, that lady gave us our track back. Such arrogance. We're Catholic. We're saved. We're good to go. We know Mary. We have the Mass. We are part of the one true church. And you just think about these priests on the final day. What will they say to Jesus Christ? How will they answer for their sins, their actions, their behaviour? What will they say? How will they respond to rejecting Christ's perfect atonement? Going back to the Pope's comments how Jesus was a failure. And yet here they think they are on the right side of the Lord like the Pharisees. How dare you tell us what to do? We know who you are. We know where you came from. We know your mother and father. We know your brothers and sisters. You're not educated like us. And of course he would turn around and say, you are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you would do. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. So on and so forth. But it was shameful. Uh, when we watched the footage that was filmed inside this cathedral. From our friend who went inside. And it's exactly the same sort of a thing. The only difference is this was in Britain, whereas this is in Iran, whereas this was in the Philippines. This is religion, people. Unsaved people trying to reach heaven, whereas the one from heaven has already come down to earth and has reached us and has already saved us. And if people would turn to the one who died for our sins, trust him totally they would and could be saved but unfortunately people for the most part think they are good to go and statements such as this do more harm than good so one last time from Moses to Matthew from Joshua to James all of those saved Jews condemned idolatry superstition and certainly the ecumenical movements and the whole thing is just so pitiful and painful. And one day at the judgments we will know exactly how this is all going to play out for. Those that don't know Jesus. Those that are lost. Whether, whether they are Jewish. Islamic. Pagan. Or Masonic. It's all going to end in tears. Weeping and wailing. And Pope's. Like this, with their broken cross, are going to be absolutely shocked when the Lord says to them, I never knew you, never ever knew you, never knew you, depart from me you workers of iniquity.